Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 33 of Secrets of Shadowloo. Uh, we are still in the Shadowloo Warriors section, and we're still discussing the Harbingers, uh, which is a Gamma team, uh, which is secret Shadowloo code language for a team that sucks, a, a team that, as a unit, has not achieved a lot of success in street fighting, uh, whether that is because they are talentless creeps like Blade, uh, whether because they are innocent, sweet summer sausages like Leander, uh, who don't really know yet what they're into in Shadowloo street fighting, or simply because they're new uh, or, or trying to keep a low profile, like today's fighter, Lotus Blossom. Here's the deal with Lotus Blossom. She has a background, which we're about to get into, that may initially seem to be a lot of miscellaneous orientalist bits and pieces. The pieces may not seem to fit together, but if we're willing to do the work we can get Lotus Blossom's background to almost kind of make sense in a way that may be illuminating about uh, how this alternate Street Fighter timeline, No Dan's Land, differs from either the real world that we're used to or the relatively lighter and fluffier world of brutal fist fighting that we see in mainstream Street Fighter continuity. Okay, I, I think I've put off reading this backstory as long as I can, so here we go. Quote, Lotus Blossom is of mixed Indo-Asian ancestry. She was born in Hong Kong to a single mother who worked as a dancer at a casino. By the way, don't keep your ears perked up this whole time for Lotus Blossom's real name. As far as we know, her only name is Lotus Blossom. I guess maybe with commendable foresight, her mother just looked at her situation and thought, with the life path I'm setting up here, this little girl is going to end up as a Bond girl or a stripper who's embroiled in organized crime or somebody's tragic dead love interest or something. Let me just name her appropriately for that. Lotus Blossom. I mean, ideally, I'd go with Bikini Dragon, but I, I already have an aunt, Bikini Dragon. That would be confusing. But anyway, Lotus Blossom's mom was right because her life definitely went down a path of pure cliche. Quote, during her childhood, she watched her mother suffer through much in her attempts to provide a stable life for her daughter. Lotus Blossom had already decided that she would not suffer the same fate as her mother and got involved with Hong Kong's organized crime by working for the triads. With an unusually high aptitude and a ruthlessness driven by poverty, she fit right in with the triads. She became a, quote, fixer, something of a favor loan shark. She was a manipulator who could get things done, and a schemer no one wanted to cross. She learned a variety of skills from the triads, including kung fu. So this is a pretty impressive ascent, if nothing else. Lotus Blossom is kind of an unlikely person to join the triads cold and become a, a favor broker, given that she is apparently poor, unconnected, and lower class to start out with. I feel like you've got to do favors to get favors, and she was not really in a position to do that, especially because she's not like somebody's younger sister or daughter or something like that who's already in the triads. She's just cold calling the triads like, hey, I'm really interested in becoming a favor broker. Uh, I don't have anything, <laughs> but if you could if you could spot me a favor, you won't regret it. Give me a chance, boss. Uh, but she is highly charismatic, very beautiful, naturally, as though there were any doubt. And uh, yeah, she becomes a, a big deal in the triads. But then she makes a career choice. Quote, when the Triads went to war with Shadaloo for control of Hong Kong, Lotus Blossom took the more lucrative and appealing opportunity and threw her support in with Shadaloo. Her knowledge of the structure of the Triads in Hong Kong enabled Shadaloo to easily take over. So she's at a high enough level in the Triads that she has, like, special knowledge 
such that if Shadaloo gets that knowledge, they find the triads to be a pushover in Hong Kong. So obviously, Shadaloo really got a big fish here. Nonetheless, despite being so high in the organization, despite having built herself up from scratch there, she made a bold leap over to Shadaloo as they came into her organization's territory. This was not without consequences. Quote, Unfortunately, the triads live in mainland China, and their memory of Lotus Blossom's betrayal will last for a very long time indeed. She has barely survived the two assassination attempts on her life. Which, first of all, thank you for specifying what kind of assassination attempts you're talking about. This was that kind of assassination where they try to assassinate your life. The worst kind of assassination. Uh, superficially, this seems like Lotus Blossom's in a lot of peril, right? The triads are after her. She is this vulnerable embattled figure with all this special knowledge of the triads, and yet at the same time the triads are after her. She made the jump to Chateloo, but she's still pretty low down in the organizational pyramid there. But what really stuck out to me is, this woman, Lotus Blossom, really survived two assassination attempts by the triads? I have no doubt that, uh, you know, Vega or one of the overlords or somebody like that, I totally buy them surviving assassination attempts by the triads. I mean, being able to do that sort of thing is, is kind of a job requirement for them, right? Since everybody's always trying to kill everybody in Shadaloo. Lotus Blossom, though, I mean, it sounds like she pretty much single-handedly lost Hong Kong for the triads, which, by the way, according to Wikipedia, mainland Chinese triads are different from the Hong Kong triad, but that may not apply here. More on that later. So she's a big deal. Uh, she was high-ranking in the triads. She cost them a ton. She jumped ship. You would think that they would send... They're big-time assassins after her, right? An example has to be made. And she, for all that she is, surprise, surprise, a deadly and exotic beauty, she's only on Gamma Team. I mean, this isn't like trying to assassinate a star NFL quarterback. This is like trying to assassinate a middle-of-the-road college football player. I don't think it's trivial, but I feel like the triads could get it done, especially given Lotus Blossom's very questionable tactic for avoiding them. Quote, she entered the Street Fighter circuit because it was the last place the triads would ever look for her. End quote. Why? Why is the Street Fighter circuit, if you knew a professional criminal who fucked you over big time to go become an entry-level member of Shadaloo, and you knew that person practiced Kung Fu, why the fuck wouldn't you think to look around on the Street Fighter circuit? They found her twice to try to assassinate her. She's on the Street Fighter circuit, where she's traveling all over the place in at least subtly advertised events. Maybe she goes under a different name now than she used to. Maybe her birth name wasn't Lotus Blossom after all. But even so, she's a member of an up-and-coming team. She's a professional kung fu artist. She's not hard to find. So what's the hang-up here? Why aren't the triads handling this problem? That brings us to the secret of Shadaloo on this page. Now, on the level of this role-playing supplement as a role-playing supplement, I think this is as simple as they wanted Lotus Blossom to be a mysterious kung fu practitioner who was associated with the triads. This was the spot they have for her. And they just kind of threw all those elements together without maybe fully thinking through this idea that the best place to hide your kung fu under a bushel is the street fighter circuit. But within the fiction, I think what this tells us above all else is that the triads are not as competent as we would expect them to be. They had one high profile defection that lost them all of Hong Kong, essentially. They weren't able to get it back. They tried to kill the defector twice, failed both times. Now they can't find her despite it being blatantly obvious where they should be looking. And there's also this discrepancy where in this world, the Hong Kong triad and the mainland China triads are associated, whereas in the real world, that doesn't seem to be the case. Haven't we heard something about Hong Kong before? Yes. Yes, we have. Go Hibiki's dojo was in Hong Kong. And I believe that in Dan's ending, 
in Street Fighter Alpha 2, he returns to reestablish a dojo for his style in Hong Kong. Now that is in the video game continuity where Dan Hibiki was not brutally murdered by Sagat, as we saw pictured earlier in this book. Here in No Dan's Land, there is no Hibiki dojo left in Hong Kong because Sagat killed Go Hibiki, and then when Dan Hibiki came looking for him, he also killed Dan Hibiki. This exhausted Hong Kong's supply of battle-worthy Hibikis. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Hibiki family or the Hibiki dojo was somehow involved in the video game continuity in holding off Shadaloo's attack on Hong Kong or something like that or supporting the triads, or, or fighting against the triads, or anything. I realize that I'm off on a bit of a flight of fancy here with this whole no-dance land thing, but even I am not going to try to convince you that the Hibiki family ever did a goddamn thing of note in any possible universe. What I will say is that the ruthless elimination, not only of Go Hibiki, but of his son, would have had reverberations that would get back to Hong Kong, and it may have enhanced Shadaloo's reputation for brutality. Knowing that Sagat is a murderer, not just a badass kickboxer, would have certain consequences on enemy morale, and specifically in Hong Kong, it may have led to a situation where the triad maybe lost some talent to Shadaloo before Lotus Blossom crossed over. In any case, whether or not the Hibikis had anything specifically to do with this, I think today's secret is a double-edged sword for our estimate of Shadaloo's competence. On the one hand, Shadaloo clearly, I mean, to, to oust the Hong Kong triad from Hong Kong and take over, that's a huge accomplishment. And then protecting the defector, even though she's a low-level member of Shadaloo, that shows some level of power. However, I think we also have to accept that rival criminal organizations to Shadaloo are maybe not as competent as we would typically think of them. You know, when you think of the triads, you think of a, of a powerful and fierce criminal organization. But in No Dan's Land, I think Shadaloo has pretty much broken down these rival criminal organizations, maybe thinned out that hiring pool a little bit, that would account for why Lotus Blossom managed to get a job in the triads as a favor broker, despite the fact that she had no favors to broker to start out with. And it would explain why she chose to leave the triads for Chatelou just coming in. And it would explain why the triads apparently can't make any headway against Chatelou, not even in getting revenge by killing Lotus Blossom, a Kung Fu artist on the Chatelou payroll who is quote unquote hiding by doing kung fu professionally for Shadaloo. In fact, the incompetence of other criminal organizations may help to explain why Interpol has such a massive transnational boner for infiltrating Shadaloo. Join me next time for a double agent who sits astride that boner, not in a sex way, but like she's riding it like it's a like it's a giant penis and she's like riding it like a horse. Um forget that. Join me next time for a double agent on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>